Hello and welcome to the Food Freedom Podcast, previously the Eating Disorder Therapist Podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Food Freedom Coach, and I'm really excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips and information to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. Thank you very much for listening today. Hi everyone and today I've got Jane Hartley with me who is a personal trainer and owner of Fierce Fitness in Clavering near Saffron Walden and Jane is also a mum of three teenage girls. I'm so grateful to Jane for coming on the podcast today. She has a really interesting life story so far because Jane started dancing from the age of five, later training as a professional dancer. She's also a fully qualified nurse and is now a personal trainer. So three careers already, and Jane is still very young. So today, Jane is in a really good place now with eating and body image, but it hasn't always been this way. And I really wanted Jane to come on the podcast and talk a bit more about this, as I'm sure it will be so relatable to so many of you listening. So hi there, Jane. I'm great to have you here today. Hello. (laughs) So Jane, just tell me a bit more about who you are and what you do. I am a self-employed personal trainer, so I do one-to-one training sessions, and I also do a variety of group exercise classes, such as HIIT and boot camp and clubicise. So I usually work out of fitness-focused gym in Clavering, but currently I am doing everything out of my garden via Zoom. I'm currently studying a GP referral course, so I'll be able to take referrals from GPs for a range of conditions. And then I want to go on to do a level four referral for mental health, which would be training with individuals that would benefit from having a structured exercise plan in their week, such as people with depression and other mental health conditions. Okay. Well, that's so interesting, actually, that last part, actually, when you're talking about that people will be able to access, you know, sort of fitness training to help with their mental health. I think obviously that's so important, isn't it? It's often something that's really overlooked. So yeah, so, so I'm really pleased that you're kind of flying the flag for that and <laughs> doing that work. So how are you coping, Jane, with this lockdown? How's that going? Lockdown is hard, but I think we've adapted quite well. I've moved all of my equipment that I used to carry around in my van. I've moved it into my back garden and I now have a little workout area. And I've got some really cool bits like cakes filled with water and atlas stones, which are big concrete balls. And I have an axle bar that I bought just before lockdown. And then when lockdown went in, it was impossible to buy any weights of any kind. So I'm using car wheels. So I'm entertaining my neighbours a lot, I think, with my (laughs) outdoor workouts. But for my training sessions, I use dumbbells, kettlebells, resistance bands, whatever people have at home, really. I work with that. But my sessions are just completely based on body weight. Okay. Even if there's no equipment, I'll make it work and be fun. Mm. so it sounds like you've had to be kind of quite creative on lockdown yeah think outside the box a little bit yes (laughs) (laughs) so you said as well that you're you know you're doing all your current clients now by zoom as well so how's that kind of working how does it work on zoom so it's really interesting so four weeks ago I'd never even heard of zoom and now everything I do work-wise is via zoom so I send a link out to my clients or my classes I schedule online and I send out a link and then people log in. The first time I ever tried to do a Zoom group class, it failed terribly because for some reason I was in one little video area and everyone else was in a waiting room somewhere else. And it, it was a disaster, but we fixed that issue now. I know what I'm doing kind of. 
but yeah, we log on. So it's great to see people, even if it's just virtually. It, it works quite well. Yeah, and they're sure. So, and have people adapted quite well to sort of being able to go online? Is it? Do you think? Is it? Yeah, I think so. And I think I'm getting more people from my classes. I guess as people are at home and they don't have to kind of go anywhere. You know, they don't have to go to the gym. They can literally just be in their living room or their garden, and people are just logging on. And it's great. So people that normally come to my classes are now doing it with their children in the background joining in and stuff. So it's really good. Oh, brilliant. So it sounds it's probably been quite good for business in a way and kind of, yeah, yeah and got lots of more people involved that might have not been before. Okay. Yeah. So tell me a bit about when you first had issues with sort of food or body image, Jane. So the earliest I remember is being 13 and I just changed schools. I'd moved to a boarding school and I decided I wanted to lose weight for my 14th birthday. I think that's how it started originally. So I just changed schools and I found it hard to settle into. Yeah. Mm, sure. I think transitions can be a really tricky time sometimes, can't they? I think particularly at that age, actually, you know, when you're changing school, that's kind of quite a big deal, isn't it? When you move from perhaps one set of friends and you're trying to establish yourself somewhere else. Yeah, I went from a school in East London to a boarding school and it was a very different way of life. And I really wanted to fit in, but I felt like I didn't. And that was hard. Mm, oh sure so were you dieting then you know you said that you wanted to lose weight for your 14th birthday did you sort of end up losing weight were you kind of slipping into disordered eating or anything at that point yeah that's how it started so I would use food as a way to cope or control with how I was feeling and what was going on so I would try and not eat for as long as possible and then I would also then binge on a lot of food so my weight stayed the same it would fluctuate but overall it pretty much stayed the same yeah no sure well it sounds like that was a really difficult time and I think it's kind of you know people often make assumptions that eating disorders are all about kind of weight loss and but I guess you know I think your example shows really clearly as well that actually it's so common that people can have problems with their eating and it might not be visible to other people but actually it's probably still causing you an awful lot of distress day to day Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people struggle with food and eating, but you probably wouldn't know just by looking at them. You can't always tell by someone's weight. Yeah, no, sure. So when you said as well that you use food as a way to control kind of how you felt and what was going on, how do you think kind of, you know, controlling food, how did it help? Like, you know, how did it serve as a coping strategy? I guess when I felt that I couldn't control anything else around me, I could control what I was eating or what my weight was doing. I used to do that. So I thought if I could control that, then I, I would be in control of everything else. Except mm. I really wasn't in control of the food. So. Mm. Yeah, no, sure. Well, I think you're not alone with that, you know, because I think our relationship with food is one of the few things that is quite kind of personal, isn't it? And, you know, all stuff can be going on around you, but actually your relationship with food sometimes does feel like the one thing maybe that you do have some kind of control over. But sadly, I guess it doesn't often stay that way. We can very quickly feel out of control around food. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't seek help at that point? No. I knew what I was doing wasn't healthy, but I didn't think I'm well enough to seek help because I wasn't underweight and I thought I was in control of it all. So no, I just carried on but keeping it hidden because I knew knew what I was doing wasn't healthy. So I didn't know that, but not enough to go and get help. 
Mm, okay. Did anyone else around you know, actually, do you think at the time? Did you ever sort of share with friends or family or teachers or anything? No, I don't think so. I think I just try to keep it, keep it hidden. Sure. Okay. And then I understand as well that you danced from the age of five. Yes, I love dancing. I've always danced, but growing up dancing, I guess we're very aware of your body and what it does. So I always danced. When I left school, I trained, I went to, trained as a professional dancer. And it was always very much about what your body looked like, which was hard because I really loved dancing, but I was also very, very self-conscious. <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, it's a really tough environment, I think, isn't it, for a young person to be in? And when you did professional dance training as well, did you go away from home to do that? I went to the Northern School of Contemporary Dance in Leeds when I was 18, and I lived in a shared student house there with other dancers. Mm. Yeah, I love dancing. I can feel so free, but I am really self-conscious about, or was then self-conscious about my body and I lacked confidence. I thought that you needed to be, you know, tall and, and lean to be a dancer. And I've, I'm not that shape. I've got bigger hips and thighs. And I always thought that that was a disadvantage. But it's not. It makes them stronger. I just couldn't see that at the time. Yeah, sure. It seems like a real shame for you, actually, because I can sort of hear in a way that you just love dance so much. It's almost like something that was just, I don't know if that's so freeing and joyful, and but it's really sad in a way, isn't it? That, <laughs> you know, that I don't know, that you kind of had that sort of pushed out of you a bit, really, just with the kind of pressures of being in that world. Did you do as well? Did you do all kinds of dance or, you know, what kind of dance did you tend to do? So I mostly did contemporary dance which is a lot more freer and kind of express yourself a bit more with different music and you know the kind of clothes that you wear for dancing you can do a lot more with it I also did a bit of ballet and a bit of jazz but mainly it was contemporary dance that I did Mm, sure okay well it's so nice to hear that obviously that was something that you loved and I'm sure it probably is a transferable skill into your like personal training and yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) so I think you like your clubber size don't you and (laughs) yeah that's really good fun (laughs) yeah and brilliant (laughs) and so obviously you were thinking of like you were training as a professional dancer but then you decided not to take that on as a career in the end is that right yeah so I just I lacked the confidence I didn't think I was good enough to kind of compete for those jobs so I decided to not pursue that just because of lack of confidence. Mm, sure. Well, I can imagine those. Well, that must have been so tough for you because I think, particularly, you've been dancing from the age of five, and you probably had been like thinking that was going to be your career and everything. It probably must have been a bit of a grief to kind of let that go a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely was a change. Mm, sure. Okay. So, what happened sort of after that? Then, you know, after you sort of decided not to do your dancing. So, with food, that kind of. As I entered my 20s, it kind of settled down, I guess, because I was out of that dancing world. So it wasn't so much about what I looked like or my body. And it kind of went, I guess, as normal as possible. And it was okay. And then I had three children. And then after my third daughter was born, that's when the issues with food came back. Okay. So it sounds like as well as you had like, you know, you'd got three children by the time you're 27. So you're kind of quite quite a young mum there, really. And it's quite a big change, isn't it, having, <laughs> <laughs> having 
coming out, you know. Yeah. Do you think as well, you said perhaps issues came back after you had your third child. And what do you think that was kind of about, you know, do you think there was a particular reason that things were kind of re-triggered then? So I had three children under the age of four and I felt like I had no idea what I was doing as a parent. And I guess I felt that kind of out of control feeling. But I think that no one really knows what to do as a parent we do our best with good intentions and you know my eldest is nearly 17 and I still kind of feel the same way that I don't really know what I'm doing as a parent and <laughs> just <laughs> do my best but yeah it started off quite innocent after the birth of my third child I think I suddenly kind of wanted that dance of body back I'd gone through three pregnancies and I wanted to again just lose a bit of weight so it just carried on that's how it started and it carried on like that so whenever I reached my well, weight, it wasn't enough and I had to lose a bit more and a bit more and it, it carried on like that. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I think as well, I think it's not an uncommon trigger, isn't it? Sometimes after we have children, you know, I think it, yeah. I think particularly if you've had issues with food, I mean, you know, kind of going through pregnancy, giving birth, kind of adjusting to your kind of body after birth it's quite a lot to take on board isn't it and I think as well particularly having three children you know quite close together as well you know I think it kind of makes a lot of sense doesn't it you know I guess having three children under the age of four as well and you were juggling quite a lot weren't you really you know yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure you were doing much better than you think and (laughs) I think we all have to be a bit more compassionate to ourselves as parents don't we yeah we're all kind of winging it (laughs) And did you seek help at that point then, after you had your children? So I kept on losing weight, thinking I was in control. And every time I kind of reached my goal weight and it it had to change, it had to be lower. And then I I remember coming back from a school run one day and crying all the way home because I thought that I was still too fat. And I remember at that point thinking, this can't go on because the things I'm thinking and how I am correlate, they can't, you know, I can't be as fat as I think I am. And I kind of knew that whatever number I got to, wherever I was losing weight, it was never going to be enough. I think I realised then. So I went, I got help then. I went to my GP and I remember sitting and saying that I kind of had these thoughts and what I was doing. And then she was talking to me about anorexia and I was thinking, sitting there thinking, I don't know why she's talking to me about this. It's not relevant to me. And I sat there and listened. And then I was, you know, I was referred to the an eating disorders nurse that I saw once a week and I also saw a health visitor counsellor once a week as well so I had quite a lot of support at that point. Okay brilliant and do you know what kind of therapy you actually had like do you know sort of what sort of yeah what type it was? So I think mostly it's like cognitive behavioural therapy so talking lots and kind of giving me tools to rethink those things and rethink those thoughts so yeah talking <laughs> yeah no sure okay but it sounds as well though perhaps that that was something that was you know quite helpful for you it kind of helped you begin to kind of see things in a different way yeah absolutely definitely definitely help I did need help at that point and I got the support and help I needed and I was able to kind of refocus my thinking or change the way that I thought about food and, and weight and you know I had these three babies three little girls that I kind of had to be well for and I had to be well for myself Mm, okay sure so do you think as well what would you say as well to anyone else who's kind of maybe in that dilemma about oh should I get help or not like what would you say to them do you think when you sort of think back to your own experience 
definitely go and get help absolutely i don't think it's ever too soon to do that whatever kind of however you're feeling i was really really scared and i you know i kind of had this worst case scenario of what would happen but there's support there and it helps and i definitely think that you know if you're feeling out of control or definitely go and get get help as soon as or find you know find someone that you trust to talk to Mm, okay thank you for sharing that so after you got your three children and then you obviously you weren't doing your dance anymore so but you went, went on to do a degree in nursing then did you yes um, so, <laughs> so when the girls were little I worked as a carer and then I worked as a healthcare assistant so it was kind of the next thing so I went and you know I applied for my nursing degree and I got a place at Anglia Ruskin in Cambridge and I did my degree well, I had three children. So Isabel had just started secondary school, I think, in my first year, and the other two were still in primary school. Mm, gosh, that sounds like quite a juggling <laughs> act. <laughs> so, and at that point as well, were you kind of continuing to exercise, or what was your relationship with exercise like at that point? So I was still exercising. I think things with food were okay. I was eating well, but I was exercising a lot. So I would go and sit on a bike for you know for a long time or run or st- I had to do something and I felt guilty if I didn't do some exercise kind of every day so even if I was tired even if I'd kind of done a long day I still had to kind of do something and there was a lot of guilt if I didn't at that time I don't feel like that now but at the time there was there was a lot of guilt yeah and yeah. sure so it sounds like so back then you know your relationship with exercise wasn't so healthy and I, I think what strikes me as well is I guess it just sounds just so exhausting, like when you're probably doing these like really long days and you've got your three girls and you're having to do all that activity. And it sounds like, you know, like, excuse the pun, but a real kind of treadmill, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So did you end up actually sort of working as a nurse then, did you? You were kind of practicing Yeah, so once I qualified, I went to work at Addenbrooke's as a staff nurse. I worked on a unit that took emergency referrals from GPs and from A&E. So we had quite a mix of patients. It was quite, it was quite interesting. Mm, okay. And then what made you decide to make the transition to kind of work in fitness as a personal trainer? So I really wanted to help people. I love helping people. And I was doing this as a nurse, but I wanted to help people before they kind of got to hospital, before they kind of, I loved health promotion. My dissertation was on physical inactivity and the risk to health. And at that point, I'd found a different focus to my training. I was doing strength training. I wasn't kind of doing hours of cardio. I wasn't feeling guilty if I didn't do exercise. I was was kind of loving my body and what it could do. And I guess I wanted other people to kind of feel that. So I trained as a personal trainer to work with people to get them to fall in love with moving their bodies and discovering how strong and capable they are. And I, I love what I do now. It's brilliant. I work with so many different people and everyone has different goals and it's really good fun. It sounds like you're in such a different place, aren't you? And it always, it almost kind of like your experiences are really helping you like inspire and enthuse others and, you know, take having a real love for <laughs> kind of fitness and exercise. So when you first qualified as a personal trainer and as well, did you feel that you were sort of fully recovered at that point? Yes, I think that those thoughts are always going to be there with me the ones that kind of want to control what I eat or control my weight I notice that if I you know kind of get stressed and I have those thoughts but I don't have to listen to them I know what's for me and what I can do so those thoughts are still there but they don't control me 
Okay, sure. And I think that's just so helpful and encouraging as well for people to hear. Because I guess it sounds like in a way now, even when those thoughts come up, you can almost kind of like pause and you know you don't have to respond to them you don't have to react to them you can kind of like listen to your own hopefully kind of deeper wiser healthier yeah. voice yeah absolutely I think you kind of acknowledge it's it's still there but you don't have to respond to it you don't have to I'm still in control rather yeah. than thinking something else is going to be in control <laughs> so would you say as well was the turning point for you when you started your sort of strength training in developing that kind of healthier relationship with exercise Oh yeah, absolutely. I fell in love with how that made me feel. Suddenly exercise wasn't about what I looked like. It was about what my body could do and how I felt was amazing. I loved feeling like getting stronger and I kind of really loved doing these strong women events, which were just kind of different random events where you had to kind of just lift heavy things. And I, I fell in love with it. And I loved the training and I loved the feeling of getting stronger. Mm. And yeah, that changed a lot because I had to then fuel my body well. I had to eat well to be able to get stronger and to be able to kind of, you know, be safe while lifting heavy things. Mm, sure. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. And I think, you know, I can just really hear just all that kind of enthusiasm and passion and <laughs> love for what you do, which is quite infectious. <laughs> So what do you think about the fitness industry and the messages it kind of gives out? I think fitness is for everyone. I don't think it has a look. You can't look at someone and know whether or not, you know, how healthy or fit they are. You can't judge your body on what what you can do by what it looks like. I think that we're starting to see a lot more diversity in images as what's portrayed as a a fit and healthy body, which I think is really amazing to see. It's a lot different now to to what it used to be, I think. So. Yeah, for sure. And that's so encouraging, isn't it? And are there particular messages that you think are particularly helpful or unhelpful? I don't, it's not, I don't think it's helpful when there's an association with kind of going to exercise just to lose weight. I think there are so many health benefits, both physical health benefits, mental health benefits to becoming physically active. I think it's hard when people kind of want to try something new, but their body image is, is holding them back. So they feel self-conscious, so they don't want to kind of go into a new environment which can feel very intimidating if you know if you're not feeling confident especially like going into somewhere like a, a gym where you think everyone's going to be kind of really super fit and, and strong and you're going to be judged but I think that everyone's really supportive and most people when you you know in the gym are kind of so focused on their on their own workouts that they're, they're not going to kind of notice what you're doing but newcomers are always kind of really encouraged and welcome and I no, from working at the gym, I think that all the members are really supportive of each other. Mm, sure, that's really kind of great to hear, isn't it? Because I'm sure there'll be people listening that kind of perhaps are perhaps itching perhaps to be a bit more active, but do feel kind of, you know, a bit anxious about, you know, doing that and taking that plunge. So how do you work today to find a healthy balance with food and fitness in your life and also in sort of promoting that message to others and helping them to do the same? So I listen to my body a lot more now. If I'm feeling too tired or if I'm feeling injured, I don't train. I'll have a day off training and I don't feel guilty about that. Whereas, you know, before I I would have just carried on training. So now I listen to my body a lot more. I want people to see, you know, what their bodies are capable of. and I want people to be comfortable with their bodies. However, you know, whatever they look like, people are amazing and, you know, capable of quite amazing things. I love getting stronger. I love my own training. I want people to kind of feel 
confident and know how amazing and capable they are and not just embrace kind of what they are now. Sure, I can really imagine the people that are working with you actually would feel just like so encouraged and supported. So, you know, I think it's really great work you're doing there, Jane. What do you think as well we can do to support young people growing up to have a better relationship with food and the bodies? So I have three daughters. I really want them to have a healthy relationship with their bodies and with food. I really don't want them to have the kind of issues that I had. I encourage them to know that everyone is different and looks different and that you need to celebrate that and that even if you want to change your body even if you want to get stronger or fitter you still have to love it how it is now you can't hate your body into changing it you have to love whatever you are now even if you kind of want you know to have different goals and people have different strengths everyone's unique I guess I just encourage them to kind of find what their passion is what sets their soul on fire with everything even within exercise with training there's so many different things different sports different activities you know it wasn't until I discovered you know strength training these strong women events that you know I realized that actually that was my passion that's what I love doing but you just have to try something new until you find what what it is that you love and you're never too old to try something new Sure. Well, I think it's a really kind of powerful message that you are giving out there. And I think, you know, a great role model to your daughters. And, you know, you're kind of really, you know, living your kind of values, aren't you there in terms of, you know, following your passion and like exercising for all the right reasons and kind of celebrating all bodies. I think, you know, such a great message. So Jane, it's, it's fantastic that, you know, that you've been on today and, you know, it's so wonderful to hear that you've been on this journey and you've obviously kind of found like, you know, it hasn't been an easy journey, but you've found like a, your own kind of peaceful place with food and your body. And now you're really inspiring others to do the same. So I think, you know, it's just really wonderful. And, you know, I, I really so much appreciate you coming on and sharing that. So I guess what would just be really helpful is, can you tell people kind of like, where to find you in terms of if they want to find you locally or as well where to find you on social media so on social media at the moment i'm on facebook as fierce fitness and nutrition i'm on instagram as jane.fierce.fitness i've also set up a closed facebook group called fierce body confidence which i kind of set up just so people could kind of feel safe and supportive and chat about whatever they what they needed to in a kind of safe environment and trying to kind of encourage people to, you know, to feel confident in their bodies and love who they are. But locally, when we're not in lockdown, I'm at Fitness Focus Gym in Clavering. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks for sharing all of that. And I'm sure like a lot of people will be like going and, you know, checking you out and getting in touch and like, you know, getting inspired by so many of those sort of positive messages that you're giving. Okay, so well, thanks ever so much, Jane. I really appreciate it. And yeah, all the best. <laughs> thanks. <laughs>